0: So we, we talked about theology of work a couple of weeks ago. Thomas talked to you about a theology of discipleship. Today we're going to talk about the theology of recreation or recreation this morning. And I decided to have a little fun with this. Um, <laughs> I don't know how worshipful it will be, but anyway. Um, you know, uh, if you think about what, what, what makes something funny. Uh, and, and so I was reading an article a number of years back about what makes something funny. What makes something funny? is the unexpected. In other words, it, it, it goes down a path and you think you know where it's going and, and then it takes a turn and it can be uh, anywhere from an, an action that isn't what you expected someone to do or uh, an accident that you didn't expect to have happen. All those, those are not always funny at the moment. Um, or, or, or a phrase that comes out sounding different than you expected. And so uh, Martin Marty, who used to be the editor for uh, The Christian Century, Collected church typos uh, over the years, and and these are these are typos. These are actual typos out of church bulletins over the years that he collected. This is part of the collection. Uh, the pastor will preach his farewell message, after which the choir will sing "Break forth into joy." <laughs> Eight new choir robes are currently needed due to the addition of several new members and to the deterioration of some older ones. I'm not taking it all. Please place your donation in the envelope along with the deceased person you want remembered. (laughs) Now think about it. The church will host an evening of fine dining, superb entertainment, and gracious hostility. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, I've been at that dinner. (laughs) Potluck supper Sunday at 5 p.m. Prayer and medication to follow. Not going to say anything more about that one. This evening at 7 p.m., there will be a hymn singing in the park across from the church. Bring a blanket and come prepared to sin. Amen. Hey, wait. <laughs> For those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. <laughs> don't let worry kill you off. Let the church help. <laughs> so, so, you know, so, so the, and, and now listen, you need to know I've got about 40 or 50 of these suckers. Uh, but but the, the thing is, you know, they, they, they go along, and, and you know what they intend to say, but somewhere it goes wrong. You know, there's a letter that drops off, and the phrasing's awkward or whatever, and so you get these strange kinds of things, and these were actual typos out of it and, uh, that come in and, and, and appear, and so you have all that, and uh, years ago in Atlanta, we were doing the uh, Christmas pageant with the children, and, and, you know, we were going through, and, and Cindy was going to be helpful, and so the script was all uh, written out for this for the kids to read and, and last year the, the, the part of Mary had been played by a girl named Mary but, but the year we were doing it the part was being played by Susan and so Cindy knowing her word perfect skills went into the document and said find Mary and replace it with Susan so all through the pageant when they began to rehearse it was Susan and Joseph that went to Bethlehem. And Susan, the mother of Jesus. And the kids just read it that way, you know. And uh, so, you, you know, stuff sometimes does that. And, and, and in the same way that we find that humorous, um, sometime in the middle of life, um, God redirects us uh, to do something different than what we usually do. Um, and sometimes that's to have some humor and some enjoyment in it but sometimes it's to give us space to step out of what we're in the middle of and reconnect with God. So let's pray. Almighty Father, we give you thanks for the gift of laughter this morning on a a foggy day. Uh, And we ask you to be in our midst in the power and the presence of your spirit. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So the, the story of, of Sabbath uh, begins way back in, in Genesis. You know, On the seventh day God finished the work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, made it holy because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. Now I'm, I'm just going to raise a question with you. Does God really need to rest? I mean, do you think God really was tired that God been working hard all week and said, I need to sit down for a while. Is that really what, I mean, do we really want to be that anthropomorphic about God? That, that God has to do that? I, I, you know, when, when you read this in, in, in the uh, Hebrew language, the original language of Scripture, the word isn't so much about resting as it is about refreshing, reconnecting. Uh, and, and what if that, what the writer intended us to understand is that that God didn't have to sit down and rest and kind of catch his breath so much as this was the time for God to sit back and look at creation, this marvelous thing that he had created, that he had proclaimed good and that he loved, and just to to sit back and, and love what was in front of him. And what if, what if the Sabbath isn't so much about physical rest as it is about reconnecting and, and, and coming together in love and, and, and pouring ourselves out to one another? One of the, uh, the gifts, you know, I talked a couple of weeks ago about our, our Puritan work ethic and the good things that that had brought to our culture. But one of the bad things that that brought to our culture was an understanding of Sabbath that basically went like this. You observe the Sabbath because that's the day you rest so that on Monday you can work harder that's the only reason you rest is because it enables you to work harder the next day and be more productive and so it was reduced down to this kind of bare essential of what what the sabbath was brought to us to be and when you begin to read into scripture and hear uh, the way it talks about the Sabbath, you begin to understand that, you know, there's, there's, there, there's really kind of this subtle overtone of, of the holy, the sacred to it uh, that has to do less with rest and more with refreshing and renewing. As you go through uh, Exodus and the story of the the Israelites coming across the desert, you know, on the sixth day they gather twice as much food, uh, two omers apiece, that's a big basket kind of thing. Uh, When all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, Moses said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded, tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Now notice the, the, the emphasis of that, not just rest, but solemn rest, not just Sabbath, but a holy Sabbath. Bake what you want to bake, boil what you want to boil, and all that is left over put aside and be kept until morning. So they put it aside until morning as Moses commanded them, and it did not become foul and there were no worms in it. Moses said, eat it today, for today is the Sabbath to the Lord. Tomorrow, uh, today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it upon, On the seventh day, which is a the Sabbath, there will be none. This, this understanding that God would provide enough on the sixth day to carry them through the seventh, that they didn't need to work on the seventh, that that could be a day simply to come and be in this place where it was to be a holy day, sacred day, set aside for for God, set aside to be connected with God. Uh, Years ago, one of my members in Lano had a gas station up on Highway 29 and 16 and, uh, and his sons, uh, who were growing up and getting ready to take over the business, kept saying, O.W., you know, we need, to, we need to be open on Sunday. You know, we have all these hunters that come through here and people coming in. We could sell a ton of gas and ice and all that on Sunday if we could just be open on Sunday. And O.W.'s response to them was, if you can't make a living in six days, the seventh day will not keep you afloat. And so as long as he was around, the store closed on Sunday because that was the Sabbath. Uh, a day to be out of that routine to step back from that and to be refreshed I mean it's so important when you hear when you get into uh, uh, exodus here and you get the the law being given you know six days shall work be done but the seventh day is a day is a sabbath of solemn rest holy to the lord Now hear that language. It's not just a a day for you to lay in bed all day, right? This is a Sabbath of solemn rest. This is to be taken seriously. It's to be holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Well, there's a way of enforcing rest. Now you should know that the sentence right before that says basically the same thing. And in in Hebrew, when they repeat things, that's a, a way of emphasizing it. You're supposed to understand this is a way of saying this is really important, guys. You need to listen to this. Uh, You've you got to take the seventh day off. You know This is, this is the Sabbath. This is the day to, to be set aside. Therefore, the Israelites shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And this is, this is serious business that God is giving us this, this time and saying, you know, you, you, you need this time. It, it's so important that, you know, uh, he makes this law. You know, if you don't want to observe that, well, you know, we'll just kind of enforce it in a harsh way. But, 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 but it's, it's critical. And then you come into the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the people are, are gathered there and they, they've found the scrolls uh, of the Torah in Jerusalem. And and they've read them for the first time. And the people realize that they haven't been worshiping the way they should. And they haven't been observing the law. And it is the Sabbath. And and, and there's a certain amount of of grief and sorrow uh, that, that they haven't been who they should be. So Nehemiah, who's the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. It's the Sabbath. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. And then Nehemiah said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and send portions and to make great rejoicing, because they had understood the words that were declared to them. It was a, a reconnecting. With their covenant with God. And instead of being a time to be sorrowful, it was a time to rejoice. It was a time to celebrate. Because God had brought them back to Jerusalem and restored them to the city and reconnected them with the Word. The Sabbath is to be that kind of day. That kind of day. As you get into the New Testament, there's a great story in Mark's gospel where they're walking through uh, the, the fields on a Sabbath and some of the disciples are hungry and they they grab a few heads of grain off the field, off the wheat as they're walking through and are munching on those to kind of stave off their hungry. And the, the Pharisees chew out Jesus and his disciples for working, quote-unquote, on the Sabbath because that time the whole understanding had become very legalistic about what was to be done. And Jesus' response back to them is that, you know, the Sabbath was made for humankind, not humankind for the Sabbath, not, not humankind. We're not made to serve the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is, is for us. It's for us. So I, I'm, I'm wondering now, how many of you keep any kind of Sabbath? How many of you have any kind of understanding of, of being recreated and refreshed on the Sabbath? Or, or, or are you stuck in that kind of Puritan mode of, of you know I, I, I'm going to work and I'm going to work and I'm going to work and the only time I take a break is when I have to to kind of catch my breath so I can work some more. Here in America, we work more hours in a given week than any other country on the face of the earth. Isn't that interesting? One of the wealthiest nations on the face of the earth, and we are still driven to work more so that we can have more. And in doing that, we neglect what we need. Um, When you go back and you kind of look at... um, you know, the whole kind of uh, 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 language around taking time off and everything. One of the interesting things that popped up on my radar screen a few years ago was that people kept talking about taking vacations. We're going to take vacation, and when are you going to take your vacation? I'm going to take my vacation here and all that. Now, now, those of you who've been around a little bit know that if you go to England and, and, and certain parts of the continent, they, they, they won't talk about taking vacations. What do they talk about doing? Going on holiday, right? We're going to go on holiday, So I started playing with that a little bit. I'm thinking, what is is that about? Uh, Now, now if you go back and you actually do a little word study on that, what you understand is that holiday is a um, conjunction, you know, slang uh, for holy day. Because in the old times, the only days that you got off other than Sundays were the holy days of the church year. And so you, you got off for holy days, and, and that became holiday, and you went on holiday. And, and that sense is that on, on the holy days, you're, you're off from work, not, not just to be off from work, but you're off from work so that you can worship, so that you can reconnect with God in that time. Whereas the word that we use a lot, vacation, what does that mean? I'm going to vacate my home, or I'm going to vacate my office. Right? Vacation is all about what you are getting away from. Holiday is all about what you are moving toward. So when you think about recreation and you think about Sabbath, is it, is it about what you need to get away from? And sometimes it is. It's about what you need to get away from. Or, or, or is it about what you're moving toward? Um, a number of years ago, um, <laughs> a long time ago now, uh, when I was in my 30s, I was riding what's called centuries. Centuries are 100-mile bike rides. Uh, and, and as you prepare for a century, uh, you have to train, because otherwise they take you to the hospital in an ambulance. Uh, and No, seriously. Uh, and so you do these uh, these trainings, and you build up to it, and so forth, and you have to learn things like, you know, how much fluid do you need to take in over a period of time so you don't get dehydrated, and, and how many calories do you need to take in so You don't do what they call bonking, which is just to run out of energy, caloric energy in your body. But one of the things you also learn in that training process is the importance of rest. Because physical rest is every bit as crucial as physical stress. Uh, And our bodies are made in a certain way so that when you stress uh, your systems in your body, uh, you tend to cause, uh, if you don't overdo it, you tend to cause kind of minor damage to it. And then when you rest, your body rebuilds. And it rebuilds stronger so that it's able to sustain that stress the next time through. So those rest periods become crucial. If you continually stress yourself physically and you don't ever have the rest periods in time, what you do is actually serious and permanent injury to yourself. Muscles are torn and joints are damaged. Hearts fail. You know that professional cyclists, when they retire, the guys that really do the heavy-duty professional cycling, when they retire, you know that they are at one of the highest risks for heart failure? Because over the years, they've stressed their heart so much without allowing it to recover. When we we push ourselves and we push ourselves and we push ourselves and we push ourselves, we begin to tear ourselves down. Instead of having those times of rest where we allow God to recreate us physically, literally, to recreate us stronger than we were. And when we do the same thing spiritually and emotionally, when we push ourselves and we push ourselves and we push ourselves, we get to the point where we begin to do damage and tear ourselves down. God in God's great wisdom says, listen, you, you got to take some time out, man. you got to rest. You have to let your spirit be recreated. You have to let your soul be recreated so that I can be at work in you and build you up even stronger than you were. And so God gives us the gift of the Sabbath. It's that place where, where God can be at work in us to, to reconnect us and, and and begin to rebuild us and make us even greater. So so I want you to think about where you do that. I mean, for me, you know, in my lifetime, one of the places for me that's been my place of Sabbath has been out on the Frio River. And some of you have been out there with me, and and you got to be out there a couple of times. Uh, it, it's, it's one of the, the beautiful places in my life, and, and to go there and be in that place... Uh, to be restored and refreshed uh, I started doing that when I was actually in middle school and going out there uh, in this river was the the first place that I really encountered God face to face in my life and it became this place to to go when I really when I really when I really needed rest and have God put me back together 35 years ago after the death of my father and and coming into into ministry and and hitting that point where I I literally, I I spiritually balked, I ran out of gas and ran completely dry. It was in this place that I went. And it was in this place that God spoke into my life and said, listen, you know, even youth will faint and be weary. And I was a youth at that time, believe it or not. Uh, Even youth will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And what I needed to hear in that was that word, wait. Wait. I mean, recreation and Sabbath is not about what you and I do. It's about what we allow God to do in us. It's recognizing, recognizing that we can't do recreation and we don't do rebuilding. That what we can do is sit back and wait in the presence of God and let God do that work in us. I mean, if, to find that, to discover that, and to understand that, you know, sometimes you you just need to wait. You just need to stop. You just need to pause. You just need to sit in the presence of God and pray in whatever form that works for you and allow the Spirit to be working in you and to be recreating you and rebuilding you. To discover that is a tremendous gift. It it opens the door to understanding things like you know, James, you know, every generous act of giving, every perfect gift is above coming down from the Father in, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change to understand that God really is blessing us even as, as hard as life can be. God's pouring out all these gifts and this blessings on us. And, and it allows us to, to come alongside Paul and, and, and to rejoice in the Lord always, you know, to let our gentleness be known, to understand that the Lord's near us, not worrying about things, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, making our requests known to God. And understanding that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding really will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's to move ourselves in this place where, where we wait and discover that God strengthens us. And so in this congregation 15 years ago... This was the place I went after uh, the weekend when my sister passed away. And my sister had died suddenly. And we'd been in Houston and we'd wrestled with that. We, at the time I returned here, uh, we had no idea at that point what had happened. Uh, we had no, no reports in or anything. We still, it was a mystery to us. Uh, she'd gone into the hospital on Monday. She died on the following Sunday. Uh, we held her service in Houston that week. And on Saturday morning, I drove out to the Frio uh, to join this church in our retreat in this location. And and to drive into this place in the midst of this community of faith and to be in the presence of God was to, to step back from all of that and just let God do the work in me that needed to be done. I I don't know how intentional you are about this. My sister, Wynn is is our uh, conscience on our church staff about Sabbath, reminding us of the need for that. But but I want you to hear that, you know, there, there are things that we need to do and things that we need to put our hand to, but it is just as crucial. It is just as vital. It is just as important. But there are times for you to stop. There are times for you to wait. There are times for you to stop doing and just be in the presence of God. And and let the power of the Spirit work in you. Learn that it's not all about what you're going to do. It's about what God's going to do. And let God lift you up and strengthen you. So I, I... I, I just encourage you to think about it and to pray about it and wonder about it. And if you haven't done taking that time off in a long time, think about where you need to do that and how you need to do that. Uh, allow God to be at work in you. And, and you know, in the middle of, of our ongoing lives that we're in the middle of and we're so busy with, you, you know, if you're like me and you hit weeks sometimes when things get really busy, uh, you, you know, sometimes a little bit of humor in the middle of that can kind of help reset the, the button for you a little bit. And so I just want to leave you with a little humor this morning on a cloudy day and remind you that, that God really still is at work uh, even in the midst of the church. Uh, and, and membership does have its privileges. Let's pray. Almighty Father, we thank you for your great love. You made us and you called us good. You poured out love on us. You 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 took a day to simply sit and pour love on us. And and we need you to to put your hand up to us and say, stop. We need you to hold us close and say, wait. We need to to be silenced with a a loving be still. So that we can simply be in your presence so that we can feel your love moving in us and putting us back together in ways that are stronger than ever. Father, take us away from the, uh, the vanity and the deception that somehow or another it is all about what we do and allow us to understand that it is all about what you do. And then give us courage and wisdom to let you do that work within us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.